Hey everybody, welcome back to Player to Player, the weekly talk show here at Nerdy Northerners. We discuss the weekly gaming news that you don't want to miss out on from all the latest in the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation, PC, World of Gaming, and beyond. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jake. I'm joined by my weekly co-hosts, Danny and Wes. How's it going, gents? Oh, sorry, one more time. I, 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 I clicked the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. Good. Slight headache, but I'm here. Sure. Yeah, we were talking about, about that just before we went live here. Hopefully that eases up for you, Danny. And uh, for everyone out there, sorry we're a little bit late tonight. We had our uh, season finale of Season 1 of Gautain Massage's Battle Royale. They had their big uh, epic battle, the season finale there, and it went into overtime. It went very late. Four, four and a half hour D&D battle. That was, that was a long one. But we're here. And now we're going to be discussing the gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. There's some good juicy stuff that happened this week. And uh, I got to say, I am looking forward to diving into it. What do you guys say we do exactly that? Do it. All right. So let's get, yeah, let's, go. let's get started right off the bottom. And this is something that it's an interesting conversation because it really highlights a few things here with models of games. And we've discussed these in the past, but... Uh, the first one is 19 million people were able to pick up Star Wars Battlefront 2 off of the Epic Game Store when they had it for free and have now joined the servers. 19 million people. Last week, EA had gone through and made several more servers, boosted their server strength, trying to uh, hold the influx of new players in. And really what I want to talk about, And what that kind of means. Okay. The last chick. Oh, yeah. Am I gone? Okay. I thought that was me alone there. <laughs> oh. No, we lost him. Oh, no. One sec. I can see his mouth moving, but the, you know, the sound thing wasn't happening. There you go. Sorry there. there you yep. go. Oh, you know what? Try it again. I, I think. What, you know what I noticed is that it's, it's all right for. Uh, Sometimes I got something going on there. I gotta get fixed. Anyways, I'll uh, I'll say that again. But we had uh, there's 19 million people that ended up picking up Star Wars Battlefront too. So Wes, I'm gonna throw it to you first. That's a large number of people to jump on a game that went for free. Do you think that there are more games that need to look towards this kind of a model in order to get that influx of players to make their game the next hitter to perhaps even just cover costs? Is a free to play uh, model something to look forward to? I, I think I think there is some value in the free to play model, especially when it comes to like the the competitive multiplayer stuff. I think there is avenues that are available to to developers, and and we've seen some of that sort of experimentation happening. Uh, obviously, like League of Legends and Dota are are the two big ones in that category. But mm -hmm. uh, like Killer Instinct did that with fighting games back in 2013, where they had a revolving character that you could play every week they just made one character free and you could buy the characters that you wanted and ignore the rest or you could buy the whole thing if you wanted to um i, th I think there's there's avenues available that that can work for that um the 19 million numbers sounds terrifying for me as a developer because it's just it sings of of servers load balancing going to hell and catching fire and shit um but yeah, you know, we we've seen this work for for a lot of games. You know, whether it be like Fall Guys and and 
Rocket League and that kind of thing. So um, it's definitely worth exploring. Um, Battlefront 2, I think, is kind of the, the rare exception where we saw it completely fail in the, the full price market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and kind of redeem itself a little bit from what I've heard from people who stuck with that game. But that initial launch was complete yeah. utter garbage. Um, and so it's it's interesting to see them kind of go the free to play route for that that week and and really kind of take off that way. I also downloaded it. I have not played it yet, but uh, but I do have it there for if I ever do decide to to go around to that. Likewise, I went and downloaded it, and that's kind of the beautiful thing about that Epic's Game Store is you can download the games and not or not even download them. You don't even have to download them. You just add them to your account for later to download. So it's it's a nice little thing there. Um, yeah, 19 million. That that is a huge influx, but obviously there has to be some analytical numbers at EA Crunch because I I haven't seen anything like this at EA where they've given away a game, and I know Star Wars Battlefront Two is an older game. And it's probably because what they want to do is they want people to go and play the, uh, you know, the, the starfighter mode where you're in either the, you know, the X-wings or the uh, tie fighters, and you're you're shooting and battling each other. And it's like, hey, there's squadrons. Like, I should go get squadrons. I, I can see that where, where you know that might be the play there, but there's got to be something where like, hey, you know what? If we give this away as part of this, like, look look what we're gonna benefit from. Look at look at what we could get if. If 19 million people got it for free, and even a million of those people spent $5 on something in your game, you just made $5 million for free. I mean, this game still has microtransactions in it, does it not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. does. So, you know, it's, it's not as though, like, they're, they're, they're counting on, hey, we give this to enough people somebody's going to spend some money like that. Is, that is the basic free to play model. They're, yeah. they're not supported on everybody <coughs> buying something. They're supported on a few people buying a lot of things. Yep. And they're going to get some people. There's, you know, there's probably been people holding up me like, you know, I, I don't want to buy the game and then buy stuff on top of it. And you know, there's, I really think there's something to say though, for giving people that choice to spend, and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm going to bring up a really, really old game here, RuneScape, uh, with mm-hmm. their, their member subscriptions. Like, you, you could enjoy a lot of the game, but you could pay to get that, you know, that extra little bit. And, you know, it maybe that's a more uh, a more approachable way for games to get into things. Again, like, you've, you've basically got the same formula there, if you're thinking about it, when you look at a game like Fortnite with the Battle Pass versus Fortnite without the Battle Pass. Fortnite without the battle pass is pretty bare bones. You're you're picking up a few skins every five levels. You're maybe getting a backpack or something, but you have the battle pass. Every single level, you're getting something glorious, and you're unlocking all these skins that are only for the battle pass. So I mean, to me, it's like what difference is there from a monthly subscription service, you know, in in, in a you know in another game, you know, as comparatively to battle pass. So, Danny, what do you think of all it? Um, yeah, well, you know, going back and we're talking about how EA and the free thing on the Epic Store, uh, I think it is kind of a marketing marketing ploy uh, to get more people into not only playing the game, but doing the microtransactions. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do, too, with with what's happening with the Star Wars property now with Ubisoft um, coming out with their own game. Maybe EA is trying to, you know, trying to be like, hey, you know what? We had the rights to it. 
what's going to happen if Ubisoft makes this really amazing Star Wars game and nobody wants to play our Star Wars branded games anymore? Um, I don't know. Like for for me, I, I'm, you guys know I'm not a fan of like microtransaction stuff. It's mm -hmm. not my point, but uh, definitely something that it attracts people because you're seeing that free cost. It's like bam, you you want to download, you want to do that. Um, but in the end, these companies are sure they're giving away their game, but they're still getting like you like Wes and you have been saying. Uh, those microtransactions are huge, so they're making and they're back their profit double time sometimes. And they're not going to stop either. But no. let, let, let's move on. Got another one here for you guys. It's a little bit of gaming news. This one is a it's a mix. We've talked about gaming show, uh, gaming movies, TV series before. There's been some news and developments. Kevin Hart is going to be joining the cast of the Borderlands movie, going alongside Kate uh, Blanchett. And wow, is that movie looking to be lined up with some thrilling stars? It's almost reminding me of kind of Jumanji. And that since mm -hmm. we've got The Rock, you've got Jack Black, you've got Kevin Hart, you're like, whoa, like this is this is turned out to a cast here. And for a movie like the Border, uh, for a game like Borderlands to be turned into a movie, I'm thrilled and excited. And I know Danny, you're a big fan of uh, movie games. I don't know if Borderlands is necessarily one that you're you've played before, but what what do you think about it? Well, I have played Borderlands. I played Borderlands yeah. one and two. Uh, yeah, I I, actually, I I'm excited. I'm excited when every when any um video game movie comes out uh, yeah there's a lot of trash ones there's a lot of there's a few decent ones um my only fear is like you know sure the cast is great you know so far we got the two big names i'm just hoping it's not like a curse like you know some of the older comic book movies uh especially in the batman universe where they had you know amazing actors big name people and the movie turned out to be batman and robin um so i i just want them to not focus on the star power focus on making a great script focus on making you know a true video game um uh, video game to movie experience i want them to to focus on doing that and forget about the big names that, to me honest i wouldn't mind if they got like no name actors kind of thing um, but like, we'll have to wait and see what happens so far we've like i said we've got detective pikachu which was awesome uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was really great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to be getting the Uncharted movie with uh, with our own Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, and I'm super excited for that film. Very excited. We got our new remake of Mortal Kombat, which is coming out. And I want that freaking trailer, like, now. The trailer's um, coming this month. I know. February. And Give it's it ta it's taken forever, and I want that. But, uh, yeah, so th there's that curse of it being bad in there, and there's the good side. Hopefully we got the good side of this. I definitely agree with you there. Um, we got an interesting comment, Brian and Bottle saying, "What a combo of acting styles, Kevin Hart and Kate Blanchett." Yeah, I, I mean, those two are two stellar actors. You've got Kate Blanchett, very—I I find her in a very serious role a lot of the times, and so it's, I think it's going to be kind of interesting seeing her as as Lilith. She's always playing that. that I find Kate Blanchett, play, unless I'm mistaken, her for the other actress. I find Kate Blanchett plays a lot of evil characters. Does she not? Was she not in? Uh, was she not the one, like one of the evil people in uh, the Avengers? Was that not her? I would have to go uh, and Thor. check that. Uh, oh, yeah, Queen Thor. says Thor. Sure. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. 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 She's in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So I mean, she comes across as a very serious character. So 
I'm going to enjoy her playing Lilith because I, I I can see her also having that. Is Lilith Lilith? I, I, you know, she's not crazy. She's she, she's a serious character too. So Thor's Thor's sister. Yeah, she was hell. Uh, ah, yes. Have they said yeah, yeah. who Kevin Hart is playing? Um, they do say his name, but yes. I don't remember. Uh, Kevin Hart is going to be playing. Uh, Roland. Roland. Yes, he is going to be mm -hmm. playing Roland. Okay. So he he will be playing as Roland from Borderlands. And we can take a look at Roland again. Oh, okay, that's Roland. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for this one. I, I think that we need more of these. What about you, Wes? I I'm in no way excited about a Borderlands movie. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, I like. Look, I liked playing Borderlands one and two. I liked the little bit of pl I played of three, but I liked playing those games more than I liked anything to do with the story or the characters in that universe. Handsome Jack, Borderlands two. Handsome Jack is is fine. He's he's okay. You know, uh, what's what's her name? Uh, T Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina. So okay, the the Dungeons and Dragons DLC they did with her, that was really good. That was very very well done, and like the the sort of a, like emotional undercurrent of the whole thing, of just like her kind of wanting a family was super cool. Um, that was the most I'd ever felt for any of the characters in that that universe i couldn't tell you the names of the characters in like the the, the characters you play as in in borderlands yeah. 2 and no idea i yeah. remember lilith and roland that's it yep i remember handsome jack sure i i remember uh claptrap because he sucks um <laughs> like yeah i you don't like claptrap no um, no i don't it's because no, yeah, it, it's because he's filled with puns, isn't it? it? He's just he's a colossal pain in the ass. Oh, he is so good. He's like, so look, funny. Th those games are fun to play, but I am in no way interested in like, hey, let's let's watch this two-hour thing of of Borderlands. I I, I you know maybe I'll maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be great, and and I hope it is for for the people that are excited to be to see it. Mm -hmm. I hope it's great. I hope they love it, unless it's like some like un out of nowhere like dude you gotta see this movie i will not be seeing that movie well it could turn out to be really good or it could turn out to it be could. the house of the dead yeah I, and i've seen the house of the dead yeah i don't need to see more movies after that i i i've lost faith that they can be good after that that movie's so gut-wrenching it's being directed by i want my 20 bucks back mm -hmm. it's, it's being directed by eli roth who was the director of hostel yeah, see, that's my fear right there. Yeah, that doesn't sound. It's Eli Roth. He he's a real hit and miss. Um, sure. I don't know. Oh, hopefully, I mean, like it, like Wes is saying. Hopefully, it's good. not necessarily that this is going to be like a torture porn kind of thing, but <laughs> <laughs> like fuck. it could it could get close. It's Porterlands. Uh, yeah. Let's move on from there, though. We got uh, Xbox hardware is on the rise and the revenue growing as. Microsoft reports record earnings. Um, they went up 51% in its gaming revenue area. 
as the as a whole, the company posted a record break in revenue of forty three point one billion. Are we in a are we in a lockdown or are we supposed to be all be hurting right now? That's forty three point one billion record breaking uh, revenue generation from Microsoft this past year, and a lot of that they say has to come from the gaming side of it. Obviously, the Xbox Series X and S launched, as well as we're seeing a ton of success on the side of the Xbox Game Pass, which is also something I'm going to bring, bring into the conversation here. We're going to be double whammy. The Xbox Game Pass uh, is something we were talking about back in September. They're around 15 million. And as of now, Xbox Game Pass has jumped itself upwards to 18 million. I think I had the link in here. Did I not put it in there? Where's my link for that? Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry guys yeah, I, I didn't see that one in the list but yeah sorry it is up to 18 million um yeah that's my bad there but yeah uh the game pass subscriptions are up to 18 million uh, as of this quarter giving a healthy 3 million jump and they say that that is not including the uh, the sale of zenimax into microsoft and the games that would come from that fully um that impact they say hasn't happened yet this is still or the impact that's been drummed up from the summer over the last couple months. I won't lie, I was expecting a little bit more than $3 million to be the increase between September and now, especially with the launch of the Xbox Series X and S, but probably that's going to have to wait until the ZeniMax purchase acquisition is completed and they can add all of those games into the library. But either way, big success for Microsoft. Wes, what, what do you think about the numbers? Do you think that Microsoft's going to continue booming? Do you think it's... What do you think? Uh, I think I think when Halo comes out, you'll probably see that bigger boost. Um, like, with the launch of the, the Xbox, sure. Uh, you know, you, you get the a good chunk of the people that bought Xboxes buying in, had they not already. Um, and uh, with sort of the, the, the drying up of the, the Xbox Live... 12 month prepaid cards where people could activate those and add them on to their game pass for like a buck or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that, that, that little boost makes sense, but I think once you get that big first party title coming out and that that's halo is the next one. Like once that launches, I think you see the bigger boost in that. Um, if not just in that, that one month, but probably some carryover as people, finish halo and kind of like move on to other things those that don't stick with the 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 competitive side yeah what, what do you think about that danny a uh, 43.1 record-breaking profit generation that last year for microsoft as a whole uh 51 of that coming from their gaming uh gaming area how do you feel uh well i was gonna say i i am pretty shocked i didn't expect that um but you know, with, like you guys have been talking about, and we've been talking about the Game Pass and stuff, it is getting more popular. Uh, but th- that profit margin—that's that's just for its sales of, of software, or is that the, including the consoles and everything? Uh, that's revenue. So that was their. So they they're they're complete like after uh, prop their profit. Uh, let's see here. I actually close that link down. Uh, forty-three point one billion in revenue. So it's not profit. Sorry, that's just that revenue. Um, uh, revenue increased by seventeen percent to reach forty-three point one billion and fifteen billion in profit. So fifteen oh, billion man. in profit. I mean, a lot good. of people at home with nothing to do. Yeah. Um, 
you've also got uh, Xboxes running on the the um, the monthly payment plan yeah. that they started up. Like that's that's a big boost to people who can't drop five hundred dollars all yeah. at once, but you know they they can drop thirty to fifty a month. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. You know, um, like that's yeah. Like it, it's it's. I, I imagine we're going to see a lot of that from other companies as well, just like announcing big time profits this year because nothing fucking to do if you're just going to be at home all time. Yeah, might as well play games. Certain companies definitely. I know there's a lot of a lot of them out there hurting, but definitely some are posting some pretty ridiculous numbers. Uh, moving on from that though, we were talking about EA earlier, and they got a brand new studio that they've put up now. It's called Full Circle. And it's based here in Canada, in Vancouver. It's uh, going to be a global studio that's also going to be bringing in people from EA's other studios to work on projects. The exciting news out of this, though, is that they're going to be working on the brand new skate game. They're going to be working on Skate 4, the next iteration in the series. A game that has not had a release since the Xbox 360 era almost eight years ago. And... That's that's the news there. I mean, now I will say this: I never actually went around and played skate. Uh, Tony Hawk was where I dropped a lot of my skateboarding games, uh, gaming time. And when it came to skate for the 360, PS3, I I, w- I wasn't into them. So I'm gonna have to. I don't have too much to really mention on skate, other than I think it's really cool for them to be coming back and uh, introducing this game. I know the skate series did very well for sales. Wes, Danny, did I of you guys play this? No, I've never played a skate game. I was more into cool borders. So I I've played a bit of uh skate. What was it? Skate and then skate three. Um, skate three was was awesome. I I loved that game. Um, the the skate four thing has been kind of this this social media push for a very long time. Um, every time an EA press conference came around, it it was just constant tweets and Instagram posts of like skate four, skate four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, they finally announced like, Hey, we listened to you. You know, we're, we're going to make this game. Like, you know, I, and I could kind of understand their, their reluctance to do it uh, for a very long time because there was this similar sort of push for mirror's edge two, And that game did not do very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this is a, a you know, maybe a bit of a gamble putting it over to to you know a newly acquired company or newly acquired team is is probably a safer bet. Um, and I, I couldn't help but notice, and and maybe this has changed, but when they announced it, they did not announce it as Skate Four. They just announced it as like skate. The, a new Skate is coming. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what that thing actually comes out as if it's just Skate. Or if it's Skate Four, or or what it is, like what you know that that probably gives you a better idea of what their plan is. Mm-hmm. If if they don't call it Skate Four, that kind of gives you that sense that this is a reboot. You know, maybe starting fresh and not really intended to be you know following up that that same series. But we'll see. I I do find it very confusing these days when games have been given that oh we're rebooting the series, we're just going to name it the same thing, and you go to look up certain games and. Obviously, one's the older version, one's the newer one, but this same title pretty much looks the same. It's like, all right, well, it's it, it can get a little confusing there. But it's, 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 uh, I, when I said I just finished playing Doom 2016, why I say 2016? Right? It's like it doesn't sound like I was just playing Doom. 
Yeah, I should Which, play some you know, Doom. That's not the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah, still a great game. Moving on there, though, uh, from the skate, there's been some development in the purchasing of uh, developers and stocks and all that lovely, uh, lovely jazz. And so Tencent, a company out of China, has purchased a minority stake in the developer for the Life is Strange series, Don't Nod. And as a result of this now 10% minority acquisition of uh, on behalf of Tencent, Don't Nod and team will be putting out a brand new uh franchise so obviously there's nothing nothing really mentioned at all uh that other than the fact that because of this new injunction of cash and money they're going to be able to make a new ip franchise out of it henson's purchase uh, as part of a total 40 million capital increase that came by the way of a book binding process so with this new investor Obviously, there's going to be a new franchise coming out that's not uh, Life is Strange, but I don't really know what it could be. Wes, what do you what do you have, what do you think? Uh, as far as what it could be, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I I guess I'd probably expect it to be that that episodic sort of thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the very narrative driven kind of thing that seems to be their their wheelhouse. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's great to see them get cash. You know, ten cent. Kind of owns everybody, so that's <laughs> not entirely out of the realm of anything. It's not great to to see them continue to buy up these these little stakes and everybody, but um, well, here a little yeah, there. I mean, a, yeah, new new stuff from from a, a team that does some some great narrative uh, narrative games is is always great. It's uh, ni- a nice little break from like you know a good a hardcore action game to to go to to something a little slower pace and a little bit more more intimately focused yeah r- really slow down the pace of the game I-, I find some of these games i really enjoyed telltale's the walking dead the very first one they did with that uh, joel uh not joel elliott uh, uh clementine and uh get the guy's name anyways fantastic i cried at the Why end of that i not remember his name that was it was just it was a sad one it was a sad game and those kind of games you need to come around once in a while then have you ever got around to playing life is strange Never, but I am a fan of the Telltale games, especially the the, the Telltale Batman games. Mm. Freaking love those games. Lee, fuck. Ah, uh, yes. Drive me nuts. Yeah, Clementine Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I could not fucking remember. I'm like, I can picture him. I can picture the way I left him. Like, well, at least you got you got the name pretty quick. Is it in my coffee bad. over here? <laughs> yeah, mm. I had to look it up. Oh, you looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I need my coffee. Oh, yeah. You dropped your coffee too. Yeah, I did that to myself. Though. Oh man! All right, so yeah, I'm looking forward to Life is Strange, uh, another game like that as well. I, I only played the first one. I've got the second one upstairs on my shelf, along with other games collecting dust that I will get to. One. That's what we all say, right? Any day now. Any day yep. now. Oh yeah. I'm just waiting, Any waiting for the now. time. Yeah. I keep saying that. I buy a new game the next day. Speaking of buying new games, the next Tomb Raider game that's going to be coming out aims to unify the reboot trilogy and the original games, according to Crystal Dynamics. But there is no news of a major announcement or anything being revealed uh, anytime soon. And I wonder if this is going to be a trend going forward. I know we were talking about this a little bit uh, earlier, weeks ago, especially with everything that's happened with Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red. 
again, the fiasco that that was. But I'm noticing a lot of gaming companies are now basically being on the side of, you know, we're not going to tell you anything. <laughs> we won't tell you a thing until, you know, and yeah. in the near future, they have said they are going to, to share with us stuff. But I'm noticing just more and more companies that they're holding back information. You look at the, the uh, Halo Infinite team as well. There's an article. I, uh, I'm not going to uh, go t too deep in that. I believe I actually had pulled it up. Um, maybe I had. It was just it was a small one, but it was along the same lines of how the Halo Infinite developers are doing the same thing, trying to avoid the Cyberpunk fiasco. Imagine if Halo Infinite had actually launched, looking the way it did in November. Like, I don't even think Cyberpunk would have been the conversation. Probably still would have. But Halo yeah, Infinite would have been there too. Been like, yeah. what the hell is this shit? Like, this does not Wait. look like a 4K resolution, next generation Halo game that's going to blow my mind. But at least it didn't take nine years to create. Or... It would have right. just been like, hey, guys, this is, a, this is a trend now. You yeah. got to fucking, fucking stop. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. You, you can't keep releasing games like this. Like... I think Nintendo does it best. I think that there's, there's something for... Coming out with the way that they did with Super Mario All-Stars and the way they did with uh, Hyrule Warriors, uh, the Calamity. Um, there's I, something... I think also, it's, it's worth calling attention to the way they handled Ooh. Animal Crossing as well. Uh, yeah. Because that was a game that was supposed to be out in 2019. Mm -hmm. And they ended up pushing it back uh, because they, they basically said, look, we have... We can work overtime and do crunch and get this out the door or we can kind of let our developers do their work and and give them like good quality of life while at work and we can push the game back which is what they did and you know, they avoided crunch by just delaying the damn game and as a result of that another article that uh danny i i, I commented before we went live i was like danny even sharing all my news clips for today <laughs> and uh they have it Right. As soon as that Nintendo stuff goes up, I, I'm right on it. I know you are, buddy. So, Animal Crossing to date. Now, this is an astronomical number. I want everybody to buckle in, sit down, because you're going to be like, what? Animal Crossing New Horizons has sold 31 million copies since March last year. That's an obscene number. Mm -hmm. 30. That's, one that's like an illegal number of games. Million. Of copies to sell. That. That is. So they've even gone and managed to sell another two hundred thousand copies too. Just put that there. They're almost at thirty-two, uh, thirty-two mil. But that, that's an obscene co number of copies of a game to sell. Now, on top of that, uh, it's it's second. It is second for the Nintendo Switch. Number one right now is Mario Kart Eight Deluxe at thirty-three point four one million units sold. Now, I want to know about this one because I know that there's a lot of bundles that went out with Mario Kart 8 in it. Mm -hmm. And I know that Mario Kart 8's been a game that they've used like that. So I want to know the financial numbers behind that and see which one's actually generated more number because I would put my eggs in a basket for Animal Crossing. Because they put well, out... It's also worth like pointing out that, the, that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out... For the Wii U? Three the Wii U years too. before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh before animal crossing did so maybe four years almost yeah, it's uh, april 2017 years. because it was yeah. wasn't it april april 2016 yeah. was mario kart 
because Zelda was yeah. March, Mario Kart yep. was April. Yep. And yep. then, uh, but Animal Crossing was March of last year. Yeah. Yep. So in one so, year, yeah, they had a three-year different start. Yeah, that's yeah. a very big difference. And yeah, that that speaks volumes. But again, they you highlighted there. They delayed it. They made the game perfect when that game launched. Perfect reviews. Everyone wanted it. You you created the dim- uh, the demand for your product by making it so good. And you know, I love tossing this company up too because they're. I find, I find there's a few companies now. There's there's very few left that will release games, and I almost just take my money. Um, mm-hmm. Rockstar is one of them. Um, I mean, you look at Red Dead Redemption. You look at Grand Theft Auto. Even if you don't like the games, you can't argue with how they've executed those games out. Those games have taken years of development. They're not riddled with bugs. They get almost perfect 10 out of 10s across the board when they launch. The graphics are phenomenal in them. It's, you know, the little small attentions to detail that, you know, other developers don't go to. And, you know, we, we all know that Grand Theft Auto 6 has been in development for years. We know it. We know but we haven't heard anything about it. And they're not going to tell us anything about it until they're ready. Until it's like, all right, we're going to drop this thing. And when it drops, it's going to be the hottest potato in the basket. But anyways, some other... Can you guys hear me? Yep. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure my mic to get out of the We'll signal you when that happens. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh... So the third ranked game, I find this is a huge drop down. The third ranked game on the Switch is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate at 22.85 million units sold, followed by The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 21.45. And another one here that I was going to bring up because is that uh, only Switch version of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Switch game. Um, so could they drop the price, please? No, that's I, a, I that, bought the Wii U version. Keep waiting when it for came that out, and I'd I'd like to play it again on the Switch since the Wii U's all packed up. Nintendo and dropping prices I don't are pay not uh, seventy let's, bucks for it. Let's just say if if I ever find it drop down for a price, Wes, I'll pick it up for you, buddy. I appreciate that because I just I don't want to pay full price for for that game. It it it's a great game. It's a phenomenal game, but it's been out a long time, and I already bought it once. I, it, should, it needs it needs price price game sometimes. Rounding yeah. rounding okay. out the last. You're not going to go out of business, right? <laughs> Ra- rounding out the last two major games that have sold extremely well for Nintendo, and another article that I was going to bring up actually, so we'll just bring that up now. Is that Pokemon Sword and Shield is the best-selling Pokemon game since Gold and Silver? That's huge. That is absolutely huge. They've sold over 20 million copies, making it the best-selling Pokemon game since the era of Gold and Silver, and the first game that generation to pass 20 million copies sold. Uh, when when did Gold and Silver come out? 2001. 2001. Okay, so that's a long that's a long time. Yeah, it, it's still the best. And <laughs> you know what? If if uh, for those of you out there who haven't tuned into our Let's Play Pokemon series with Jody and I on Saturdays, we we hype the game every time because there's still things they're not doing right. There's still ways that they could improve the game and make it even better, which is it's 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 almost frustrating that they haven't gone and done them. But for what they have done with the game, they've made it the most accessible 
Pokemon game for people that have ordinary lives. To be able to actually play the end game and enjoy yourself. You know, not getting your ass handed to you by people who've been IV breeding and training for months. Because you can do the same thing now. You can you can change every fundamental aspect of your Pokemon. You get a Pokemon, and by spending time in the game and by buying stuff in the game, not with real money, you know, uh, in-game items, uh, you can change your Pokemon's... They, they have moods. You can change your Pokemon's mood to the best one. You can change their stats. You can... You can basically modify any Pokemon to be a contender. And that was never a thing before. You can never modify Pokemon. You had to breed the best Pokemon. You had to go up and down, hatching those eggs. That era is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm very glad for it. Because, again, it's allowed, it's allowed more people into the game to actually enjoy it. And the evidence is there. But anyways, moving on from uh, Sword and Shield there. The, the last one to round out the high numbers... For these crushing Nintendo sales is Super Mario Odyssey at 20.23 million units. And Pokemon Sword Shield, I didn't say the number there, was 20.35. So they've sold 120,000 more units of Pokemon Sword and Shield than they have of Super Mario Odyssey. Very close, though. But man, what, what what a roster to have of all these huge titles selling mega, mega millions of units. All first party too, which is absolutely yeah. insane. Which is exactly, which is huge. You don't see those kind of numbers represented on Xbox and PlayStation, even for their big, their big first party titles. God of War doesn't sell thirty-one million copies. What, what did God of War twenty eighteen? So let's find out. God of I mean, War like, twenty eighteen. I, I think that that stands as a testament to the a the, the quality of Nintendo first party stuff. Um, you know, I I I think <coughs> when it comes to their big names, they they make sure that everything is is the way they want it to be mm-hmm. um but a, as well just you know shows the, that the the that when people buy a nintendo system they are buying it for nintendo game absolutely absolutely First and foremost you know i like yes i i have a playstation 5 and yes i i want to play the sony games on it but it's not as exclusive for me as it is with the switch yeah. Where on on the Switch, the majority of my games are are Nintendo games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're huge games too. I mean, absolutely huge games. God of War twenty eighteen, uh, just for an example, the latest God of War sold twenty million units. So, it does put it there with some of them, but when you look at Animal Crossing and Mario Kart, which are ten million copies above that, and especially Animal Crossing, which within 12 months, less than 12 months, has sold 31 million copies. Nintendo, you're a cash cow. And I will say this too. Sorry, just to inject you there, Danny. Oh, go ahead. I will say this for God of War. God of War has managed to sell 20 million copies. However, God of War is also 19.99 right now if you go to buy it anywhere in Canada. <laughs> if you're going to go buy any one of those... got a copy for having a PlayStation Plus subscription. Right. Yeah. Any one of those six or seven uh, Nintendo Switch games that I just got done listing off there, they're still seventy nine ninety nine brand new in the wrapper, and they occasionally go on sale three times a year. Yep. For like twenty bucks off. 
yeah maximum 30 bucks off half price it's not like it's 30 bucks it's no you do get 30 20 bucks off you do get 30 sometimes i will say because i i i I, at my store i've done a lot of those 49 sales because they're like 79.99 now but if they were 69 or like 59 like they used to be it would be like 10 bucks oh yeah and you know what it's only on uh, black friday boxing week or during the christmas actually not even boxing week just during the christmas holidays leading up to it they're smart they know you're gonna you want our games and well, like march ones. break no it, uh, no it's it's like mario tennis and you know like luigi's mansion games kirby's that, luigi's yoshi mansion, like, games that are not bad yeah but it's not animal crossing that's going on sale it's it's not I've smash never... brothers going on sale it's not no. zelda ever going on sale like zelda does <laughs> one sale sometimes i will say that uh i did have a sale for a lot here i feel I did have a sale at the store for Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and for Link's Awakening. But, like, Animal Crossing, I've never seen on sale. Smash, I can't recall seeing on sale. Mario Kart, Mario Kart, uh, I can't recall seeing on sale. I don't think they've sailed Mario Kart, but they bundle Mario Kart instead. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of the same thing. So that's why, like, Animal Crossing, like, they released that Animal Crossing Switch bundle that has the design of the Animal Crossing. It's Animal Crossing theme, but without the game. And still sold millions. Oh yeah, oh, it still sold millions. And then, but they've included that four hundred dollar Switch bundle with Mario Kart. So that's where that's where I'm like, you know what? Mario Kart has these like sale unit numbers, but I really, really, you know, I, I, I think that Animal Crossing takes the cake. I think that Animal Crossing, unless those numbers are not attributed in, into the equation here, but I would say Animal Crossing takes that cake. But anyways, let's move on from uh, the games. The last thing I want to talk about Nintendo. Is that we've been here for a little bit on Nintendo? Is that uh, the Switch console, as of December thirty first, twenty twenty, has officially passed the three DS with almost eighty million units sold. They're currently at seventy nine point eight seven million console units sold. That's a lot of Switch consoles that have sold. It has now sold yeah. more than the three DS, which is incredible. And that's, in- and that's including all three DS. I'm sorry, Wes? And over a third of them have Mario Kart. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh and Animal Crossing. <laughs> and Animal Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I have both of them here in this house. Yeah, I I find it interesting that two copies of Mario Kart. Nintendo. That kind of attachment rate is not seen on Xbox or, or Sony either. You know? No. That kind of attachment rate. One third you can rely on to pick up a game. <clears throat> That's huge. That is huge, but almost at eighty million, Danny. What are your thoughts, buddy? Yeah, so I, you know, like you said, I did post that earlier because that is that is fantastic news. Nintendo has been on the freaking successful rise ever since the fail of Tampa that was the Wii U four years ago. They came up with the idea of bringing this hybrid system, uh, which let's let, let me just put it. There, there's three things that we're, we're, I'm going to talk about, but let's go with the the analysts who said right at the very beginning when the console was shown four years ago that it was going to be a disaster. And you can read these people up. There's a lot of analysts that said the exact same thing. Uh, Where are those analysts now? Because the Switch is making a killing. Um, And going back, you know, talking about Animal Crossing, when Animal Crossing was first shown off, when the Wii, uh, sorry, when the GameCube was released, that was made fun of like nonstop. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Okay, what the hell is this crap?" Look at Animal Crossing now. 
Look how much that came out and destroyed everything this past year. Um, like, you see, we're starting to see this thing with Nintendo uh, where they, they've they gotten, you know, some new, uh, some new blood. They got, you know, the new president, Doug Bowser, uh, which, of course, took over for Reggie Fils-Aimé. Uh, we're seeing uh, we're seeing a lot of different people incorporating different ideas. I just read a report today too that uh, they're going to be redoing their whole servers. They're going to be leaving the servers that they've been using for the past uh, was it eight years now, nine years uh, that started with the Wii U and the 3DS. So hopefully we're going to see that push to better servers. Like I know that you know when I do community nights and I'm playing. Especially with Smash, I noticed that mostly. Uh, that the online is always constantly bugging out. So hopefully we're going to see that push. But all this new blood that has come into Nintendo in the past five, four or five years, they have this successful crew going. And I want them to continue. Because if they can come back from the disaster of the Wii U, which they it could have killed Nintendo right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this seeing this popularity... Uh, Nintendo's not a kid system anymore. That's that's all I can say. Everyone I know owns a Switch, plays a Switch more than the actual console, like their other consoles, which is a big surprising thing because that was unheard of when uh, you know the Wii or the Wii U or um, even the GameCube time. A lot of people were playing Xbox or PlayStation Two at that time. Uh, I was always that the guy who had the GameCube, and of course at that time I was making I was being made fun of for having a Wii. Uh, and and even the GameCube, but uh, I, I've always loved Nintendo. I was always be a Nintendo guy, but yeah, I, I'm happy that we're seeing this. We're seeing better marketing, better pushes, better games, uh, games that uh, uh, are taking you know their time to make it perfect. Uh, if they can keep this up, they'll be successful for many more years to come. I think a big thing that you kind of highlighted there is that the Switch isn't for kids anymore, and I think a big thing that in many ways attributed to the perception that Nintendo was a kid's company was the fact that the Wii and the Wii U, there weren't a lot of games because of the hardware capabilities that were for adults to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have Elder Scrolls Skyrim on your Switch. You couldn't play Skyrim on your Switch, uh, on your Wii U. You couldn't play Oblivion on your Wii Uh Oh, was it? There was another one I had there. Uh, Witcher. Yeah, Witcher. Sorry, thank you. Uh, you couldn't play The Witcher on on Switch or Wii U before, and and those are games where, when you're a person like me and Wes, where it's like you want to make sure you have those M rated titles, and obviously you too, Dan. But mm-hmm. you know where, like I, I, I like, I would probably say out of the three of us, me and Wes probably play less Nintendo games than you, right. and like like we like our dark, our thrillers, our you know all that kind of stuff. So. Nintendo had to cater to both. They're like, we we need we need guys like Danny who who love our games, but we also need Jake and Wes over there who love our games too, to feel safer in their purchase of our console because they have the other games that they like too. You know, I know you've explored a lot of indie titles on the Switch too, some really dark M-rated titles, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Uh, I think that's a team-rated one, but um, White Knight. Yeah, like, but, you know, right. So I mean, like, but. Like those games, they weren't there for the Wii and Wii U and the the influx that they are now. And I think that's what's really given the Nintendo Switch its its difference, where it's you know, adults can play on it, they can play with their kids, got the games for you know those fun family games, those fun party games. And that's another thing I want to bring up real quick. 
Thank you for the follow there, uh, Joe Play Sark 423 Thank you, thank you for the follow. We greatly appreciate it. Um, Brian Balls had brought up in the chat earlier. He's like, damn Nintendo, like, that's a shitty thing that their games, they never drop from $80. Like, drop your games. The reason Nintendo games don't drop in value is supply and demand because they're fun. They're mm -hmm. fun games. You know, everybody has a copy of Mario Kart for that when, you know, when their friends come over, when they, when that gaming session's going down. Hey, you guys want to play some Mario Kart? You want to play some Smash? Mario Party? You know, Nintendo has all the games that are fun. And, and they always will. And uh, Another thing, too, about that, Jake, I'm, I'm going to cut you in there. The other reason why Nintendo games, especially first-party Nintendo games, rarely drop in price is you got to remember that Nintendo is making less quantities of their games compared to, say, Microsoft or, or PlayStation, because they just PlayStation and Microsoft assume that they're going to be making more sales because uh, they're the, you know, with the sales of PS5 right now uh, and the popularity of PS4, uh, yeah, there's, there's a large market for, the, for uh, games for those two systems, and they know that they're going to get a profit back. The reason why you're seeing so many people uh, so many sales, I should say, so many sales of PlayStation games and Xbox games is because they are trying to sell off that massive amount of piles of games that they've made, where Nintendo is doing it very differently, where, uh, like you said, supply and demand. They're bringing out a certain amount of games to last. Once they sell that, they're making more. So they're constantly making more. It's not like they're, you know, popping it out of the, the back of the warehouse and sending it to the stores. They're taking the time to make more, which is why these prices of the games are still that high. I, I think that Sony and Microsoft, they do play that game too, where they're, you know, and other companies. Like, yeah, they are now. Well, they are now. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, and Nintendo's been getting into this reduced, or, well, artificial scarcity sort of thing with mm -hmm. their, their amiibos recent... and certain products. Yeah, well, and, and... and just like the recent games that they've been putting out saying, yeah. well, these games are only available until the end of March, which. It yes. just happens right. to coincide with the end of their fiscal year, so you best get on that before yeah. March thirty first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's unheard that of too. Push at the end, dropping the game, saying, "Hey, this game's only available for sale for seven months, and then it's going to be gone." You know, see, that's another thing, though, too, is that at, at so least like, they told us this time, I suppose, but yeah. they have done this in the past. Like this, this oh, is yeah. not this is not unique. Like oh, I, I can think of GameCube games that did this exact same thing from yep. nintendo that that were out as like look this is only going to have one shipment you're never going to see this again you know but you don't know about it until it's gone and that's it the, the, the biggest difference for me when i when i look at nintendo games versus xbox games like halo or sony games like god of war is that these games have a a, a period of, of hey this is really cool and then once the game's beat and once it's kind of done, it, it's 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 just it's over. Like it's you know that that push is there, that excitement's there, and you know it's there's there's something about Nintendo games where you know there's obviously that scarcity, but it's just pure supply and demand. Like people want those games still; they're fun. Like I, I forgot the, the gentleman's name who walked up on stage so many years ago, and uh, it was he basically he was asked why you know why do why are there not a lot of uh, Nintendo games traded in the game stores? Because there's not. Nintendo games are very rare to be traded in the game stores. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say say rare, like oh my god, so, you know. But it's no, you, comparatively you can find these games, but yeah, yeah you know, you, you, comparatively, you're gonna find way more copies of like 
Call of Duty you know, and the, Battlefield. The, Call of Duty, and, the last Call of know. Duty because there's a new one every uh, new Assassin's Creed because there's a new one all the time. Even The Last of Us, right? Like The Last of Us won yeah. Game of the Year, but it's not going to be a seventy nine 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 title for long. It's going to drop down to forty nine. It's going to drop down to nineteen ninety nine within two years. But you're still going to see Animal Crossing there sitting there three years later. Seventy nine ninety nine. Let's go. Yeah. You know it's they're fun games. Nintendo takes their time to make these games fun. And even games like Kirby All-Stars and all these ones, like they haven't necessarily done the same success and maybe they could be price dropped down, you know? Um, but at the same time, it's like, why, why should be there's, you know, if you want our games are there, there's our big characters, our portfolio and take it or leave it. it it's an interesting concept, but, uh, we got a comment from Willie Low here too. Says I'd also like I'd also say that while there's still good third-party support for the Switch, we will still see Microsoft and Sony put a lot of money into games outside of their first party. Absolutely, absolutely. They're gonna you know they're, you know they're gonna continue pulling in uh, pulling in people trying to trying to keep them in, engaged. Got one more here. One of, the, one of the best things we've seen from the Switch, uh, and and part of this has to do with its form factor as well, being able mm -hmm. to take it with you, and that is the the last few years of having these this this rise of indie games and that kind of thing over the last 12 years uh 13 years uh has really lent itself to this where steam became that place that you went to to buy those indie games after a while because there was a bit more persistence there uh but with the switch the, you now have this ability to take these games that are these shorter experiences mm -hmm. and be able to take them on the go and and load up on them pretty easily, all of them being available mm -hmm. digitally and for a fairly cheap price and going on sale all the time. I'm constantly getting emails from Nintendo saying like, hey, that game that you put on your, your wish list is on sale digitally. Like, you can go pick it up dirt cheap and that sort of thing. Um, I think that has had a big, big impact on on the, the on the Switch in, in terms of sales. Like, there, there was a number of games that I saw before I bought a Switch saying, oh, that game's on the Switch? Oh, that game's on the Switch? Man, I've got that on Steam, but it'd be way better to be able to play it on the go and play it, you know, play 45 minutes over my lunch and then, you know, or play it for 45 minutes before I go to bed rather mm -hmm. than have to actually sit down at the PC and, like, carve out that time, you yeah. know? Like, I've got these little bits that I can I can do these these smaller bursts. Uh, uh, absolutely. And I think that had a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it really has. I mean, Danny goes and for the indie hour, uh, you guys can catch him Thursdays. He does exactly that. He finds a indie title that's been reduced on the Switch. Says, you know, I'm going to pick this up, give it a whirl, see what you guys think. And yeah, it's like every week there's there's games on sale. So definitely one of my funnest shows to do. I absolutely love doing that show. Yeah, it's a great one. I always love watching the new games you uh, you bring up there. Speaking of first-party studios, though, and, and all this, there's an interesting move that's being made by a uh, Sony first-party game. It's making the leap over the Team Green. The next installation in the MLB series, MLB The Show 21, has been announced for the Xbox and for PlayStation. So a, I don't, I don't believe Sony actually owns the studio that makes the game. I don't think so. But it, the game has always no, been a... Or no. they, they have just been developing games, at, like MLB games for Sony. Uh, um, I think oh, we're, well, actually, the, you know, know, I was just to say, no, yeah, no, no we're on there. It's, so, Sony first-party developer, San Diego Studio. So, no, they, they are a first-party studio, uh, San Diego Studio. And 
they're going to be making MLB for the Xbox. This was kind of rumored last year after sales of MLB have kind of gone down a little bit. And it's an interesting move where now we're seeing the opposite happening. Microsoft was the first one to go and, you know, uh, release games over onto the PlayStation. Albeit, I'll say this, they didn't necessarily release them. They kind of bought companies that already had games over there. And they're like, well, now we let you guys play along too. But it's weird seeing the PlayStation logo on Xbox box. It says really low. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it can only go the other way now, too, with Bethesda being owned by Microsoft and all these other games. There's going to be that Microsoft Game Studios logo at the bottom of a PlayStation 5 game. <laughs> what? That'd be crazy. Yeah, you start seeing Nintendo. Start, no, no, Nintendo will never pop up. Yeah, Nintendo will I, never do that. That's, that's one you'll probably never see in your lifetime. No. no Nintendo, Nintendo won't. But... I find that this MLB is making the jump over. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. They were they, they were questioning uh, questioning the sales. They they weren't making the sales. And a sports game to be exclusive to a console doesn't make sense to me, anyways. So I'm glad. Well, this this was a like this was a long sort of drawn out sort of thing for yeah. especially for MLB. So the the MLB license was purchased by 2K for third party usage. Um, after uh, EA got the uh, NFLPA and Madden license. Uh, so once they became the only ones that could make football games, 2K went out and became the only one that could make third-party baseball games mm-hmm. because Sony also had a, an MLBPA license and an MLB license for first-party stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 2K games suck. So, yeah, um, yeah it basically that meant that there was only one baseball game and it was only on PlayStation. Um so like yeah this seemed when they announced this this seemed like the right move it seemed like there's no reason to keep it to to playstation only yeah put it on xbox yeah like you know there's there's you know i understand it you know you could see it as a a potential system seller but it's not no like you might you might as well sell more copies of the game and just put it out on everything yeah Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how much uh how many more moves like this are made and whether or not we're going to see more cooperation from Microsoft Studios over on to Sony and, and vice versa. Fable, it's going to be a massive MMO from what everyone's trying to say, to say about it, or it's going to be an MMO-style game or an online game where you're going to be playing with other people. And, you know, could you just play on Xbox? Would it be better on PlayStation 2? I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. I think Destiny. Mm, yeah. Anytime they, they say MMO-like, I'm like, oh, so it's like Destiny. Okay. Yeah, I would really love to be able to play an actual MMO over on console, though. One day you can go play Final Fantasy XI on PS2 if you want it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can. EverQuest Online Adventures. (laughs) I don't think those servers are running anymore, but you you could do that for a while. Certainly could. Certainly could. Well, folks, I think that is it for us tonight on our player to player show for this evening. It's uh, yeah, it's it's reached that time where we have to say goodbye. Unfortunately, it's always a, tr- a pleasure chatting with you gentlemen about the gaming news. And the time flies. We sat down like, oh, you know, we're, we're gonna try maybe kind of a little easy, a little light, a little early because of everything that's gone on today. We're an hour late into getting going because uh, Gautam Massages was an hour and a half late finishing. So, <laughs> but they had a good time. So. It's great chatting with you, Danny. You too, Wes. Always, buddy. 
It's great having a great time with you guys, as always. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, folks, you can join us every Monday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Twitch. You can also take us on the road with you as soon as our episodes are available on your favorite podcast source, usually a day after we do the live broadcast here. And then you can also find the video up on YouTube generally about two days after we do the broadcast. If you want to see our faces, if you want to just sit back, relax, and enjoy the video, you can do that. Or again, like I said, you can take us on the road with you from wherever you are just by finding us on your favorite podcast source. My name is Jake. Oh. Yes. There you go. Got a, you got a personal declaration there, Brian Bowles. Better be tuning in the game on tomorrow. Deuces. Deuces, he says. <laughs> uh, all right. Shit is going down. Game on will be on to uh, tomorrow from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over here on the Internet Northern Network. I'm Jake. And this is my co-host, Danny and Wes. And we're signing off, folks. Have a great night.